Welcome to the Reimagine Mobility podcast series. I'm here with Jeff Warwick. Jeff, thanks for joining me. The uh, expert in the business of mobility, upfitting and upgrades in all sorts of different technologies. So Jeff, before we really get into it, what we together can Reimagine Mobility look like in the future? Tell us a little bit about your background and tell us a little bit about the company you're uh, leading right now and what you guys are doing. Yeah, happy to do it. Thank you very much, Stefan. Good to good to be here. Yeah, so uh, my background is is automotive. Um, spent uh, eleven years at General Motors. Uh, last four of which were in your uh, home country of, of Switzerland, uh, working for, for uh, General Motors General Motors International. Um, and uh, it was there I got bitten by the uh, aftermarket bug. I really. Um, started to feel like uh, I wanted to take a turn in my career towards a, kind of an entrepreneurial side of the auto industry. This was, uh, you know, 15 years ago, wasn't as many opportunities as there were today, but I found the aftermarket to be fascinating and, and um, pursued that. I had some great mentors along the way and um, it led to where I am today with, with Brand Motion. And and Brand Motion was actually started as a spinoff of uh, Tier One called Johnson Controls Automotive, as you are are undoubtedly familiar. Um, so the the way I got into this and formed Brand Motion is we spun off the aftermarket group of JCI, and our job was to take you know find applications for OEM technology in the aftermarket. Um, but today, you know, kind of fast forward to 2023. Um, we help commercial fleet and RV drivers to improve their situational awareness around their vehicles so they can avoid collisions. That's the main thing we do. Excellent. So let's let's jump right into it, Jeff, with your with your background again, GM, and then as you call it, got bitten by the by the uh, by the aftermarket and the abilities that you can do to help maybe a much larger group of consumers reimagine mobility now instead of having to wait for uh, the next vehicle purchase, right? So so share a little bit where you feel maybe the aftermarket business, let's say, that you're in has maybe at times been kind of looked at maybe a little weird or a little bit uh, as a sort of a outside business that's trying to come in mainstream Share a little bit what what people may not realize and how impactful the the aftermarket is specifically as you just mentioned for for the safety and 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 uh, convenience but generally speaking improvement of of people's lives when they drive these vehicles. Yeah, and then you put your finger on it right. That that's exactly what I saw was, I mean, it, when I looked at the aftermarket, I saw products and technologies that weren't always the same quality level as, as OEM. And I just kind of asked myself, like, why, why can't there be, you know, this kind of OEM grade personalization that done, that's done after the vehicle's built, right? And that just, that issue just stuck with me. Um, and, you know, I had a mentor, uh, a very fortunate mentor in Clay Christensen. He was the author of The Innovator's Dilemma. And, he taught me a lot about modularity and how as products mature, you know, their infrastructures tend to become more modular so that you can handle greater levels of consumer personalization. And I thought, you know what, that's exactly what's going to happen in the auto industry. 
we're not talking about rust anymore and we're not talking about vehicles breaking down by the side of the road. We're talking about features that really make a difference for consumers. So I said, how can I apply that? Um, so I didn't set out to do safety. Um, we started with a kind of partnership with Johnson Controls around overhead rails and vehicles that you could snap content to. And I thought that's a perfect platform for personalization. Uh, you may remember the the F-150 had these rails uh, overhead. But, you know, quickly the safety thing came along because there was so much more demand in the late 2000s for backup cameras than the uh, car companies were supplying. And, you know, it, it was, we had a contract with General Motors to, to kit uh, a mirror and a camera and the harnessing for the uh, Silverado and to do it to direct to the dealer. And that led to an entire business around radar blind spots and sensor uh, integration to vehicles that really showed us that there's a tremendous amount of opportunity to add safety technology to vehicles. And of course, you know, 15 years later, we've been involved in just about every safety technology. And, and it, can be, it can be added. The thing that fascinates me about the aftermarket. Most people don't know you can do that kind of deep contenting and you can integrate well, right? We're integrating to CAN data systems. You know, we're we're making it completely seamless because we have, you know, fantastic technicians. So um, tremendous amount of opportunity in the aftermarket, especially given the fact that we're just going in the wrong direction as a country. The 36,000 deaths on the roads at the end of 2019, and last year, 43,000. We're just going completely the wrong direction because of distraction, uh, alcohol, and speeding. So you try to solve that with new vehicles that have the latest technology, it's going to take you a long time. But if you try to solve it and address the the, the 280 million vehicles that are already on the road, you might get somewhere, and that's that's kind of our mission. Is like we're really inspired by the fact that, you know, a company such as ours and others can take an approach to uh, aftermarket approach to safety. Um, in fact, there was a study done in uh, 2015 by um, uh, I forget who did it, but it was uh, one of the leading consulting groups, and they said that if every vehicle on the road had access to the same technology coming out of the OEM factories, we'd save 10,000 lives a year as a country. And I'm, I remember hit that hitting me. I remember where I was when I heard that, read that, hit me like a ton of bricks, like that's the aftermarket opportunity. It's interesting. I mean, I haven't been much in the aftermarket space or, or helping companies uh, with technologies in that space for now probably 10 plus years. So maybe my recollection is now we out of date, but I still want to ask it, Jeff, when I was heavily involved with, with aftermarket, we're talking, um, uh, lift gates for handicaps. We're talking backup cameras, hands-free systems, uh, some other things right on an aftermarket basis. It seemed very, very difficult to really seamlessly integrate those technologies not for all vehicles, but for the majority of vehicles, because that was a little bit this thing that the OEMs really wanted to sell their own stuff. 
and didn't really want you as a, as a true aftermarket supplier come in and take their market away. Has this changed? I mean, what you're talking about is, is absolutely right. If we wait for every vehicle to come out with level two or level three technology, ADAS technology, we're going to wait for 10 plus years, right? Until we truly have a large deployment on the road. With aftermarket cheaper solutions, maybe even better solutions in some cases, it will go way faster. So has the industry between OEM and aftermarket come much more together and realize that we got to do this together or is there still quite a bit of gap between the two? Yeah, that's an excellent question. I mean, I, I, I don't, I think in many ways you're seeing um, the OEMs, you know, take accessorization, personalization more seriously. Um, you look at recent launches like the Bronco and other vehicles where there's just a ton, even the new Tacoma, just a ton of personalization around it. Now, safety, not so much because, you know, safety has great implications, right, for, for a car company when you, when, you, when, you, when you even say that word, right? So they want to control that. Um, they're also on a slightly different path in terms of, like, integrating into the vehicle and into the vehicle actions, uh, the vehicle taking control of itself. Whereas we're mainly providing driver information systems, situational awareness systems that you see camera images, you uh, see tones if somebody's in your blind spot, right? You know when you're backing up or going forward in, in, in the case of fleets, uh, if you're going to hit something, right? Um, so there's a tremendous amount of opportunity that's kind of unique from that. Um, and what we're seeing too is, uh, really the, the fleets is where we're focused now. We used to be focused on the car dealer that, that was great when there was so much more demand for cameras and sensors than the car companies were supplying. But now we're finding that the, the, the guys that really need it are, the, the larger fleets, the commercial vans, the delivery vehicles, um, that business, you know, with Amazon and everything is exploding uh, and, and you have more and more newer drivers and more time that those vehicles are on the road, right? They just live on the road. In fact, the collision rate for fleet vehicles is three times what it is for a passenger car. It's 20% of ve fleet vehicles get in a, a collision versus 6% for, for uh, light-duty vehicles. So, And there's no regulation. There's no law like there is for the backup camera that came in 2018 in, in light-duty vehicles, passenger vehicles. There is no law, 10,000-pound uh, vehicle uh, and above. So, And there's an incredible desire, I'd say, for the technology because... It's not, it's very different than when it was a dealer uh, equation and the consumer wanted it. Now it's around ROI. It's around keeping vehicles on the road. Uh, it's around driver safety. It's around pedestrian safety. It's crash repair costs, uh, insurance costs. And so there's a, and there's even new factors such as driver uh, retention and driver recruiting. You know, you want to be known as the company that's using technology to keep the drivers safe if you're in an environment where there aren't enough drivers. And so you're trying to 
make your company more attractive. We work with a, a, a shipping company that that is, the, that is their message. You come drive for us, you're going to be more safe and comfortable than if you drive for one of the other guys. So there's a tremendous, tremendous amount of, of opportunity. And the OEMs aren't really addressing it. I mean, it's slowly coming, um, but they're just there's forces at work in that industry that just makes it a little bit slower. So that that's why we're we're very excited about some of the partnerships that we have with major upfitters, major fleet companies, um, and, and you know there's there's dozens of issues that we help we help solve. Um, I can give you a couple examples if you like. Yeah. Before we go to that, or maybe weave those into the next uh, next feedback, your answer. But the question is that you brought up: there's no regulation now, no regulation for backup cameras. And maybe you want to go back quickly. Recently, we finally now have a law in Michigan that you're not supposed to have be on your cell phone or, you know, even talking, but certainly not email, texting. That, frankly, in my uh, about hour drive home from work, usually. 80% of the people that I wonder, what are you doing on the road are exactly doing this? And we have a law now. Do, do you see regulatory changes also coming again to your current main market, which is the fleets? Or is this really where you then come in and say, hey, we all know it's the right thing to do. There is no law. So there may for the OEMs are not necessarily enticed to put additional cost into their vehicles. And that's what you're coming into then? Or... As we reimagine mobility here, is this more or less a matter of the next two, three years, and there will be more regulation also in the in the delivery vans, let's say, because as you said, right? I mean, it used to be I see a delivery van once in front of my house. I see them now three, four times a day, right? So yeah, there are right. more and more. So where do you see that? Yeah, um, you know, I'm not sure. I know I haven't seen much regulatory movement in that direction i haven't heard or seen and and you know we're we do a lot of work in vdx and so we're pretty close to the federal uh, at the federal and the government level and the and the state dot's um but let 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 me give you an example let, let me give you an example of why uh, here, here's one a client of ours three thousand vehicles um they're they have a no cell phone policy um yeah, and yet their half their accidents are because of cell phone. <laughs> you know, fifty percent are rear end. They're rear ending. They're distracted. Uh, they have one accident a day, and they total one car a month. Seventy-five uh, percent of the time, it's their fault, and 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 they're self-insured. So, do you think this is an issue on their radar? Probably right. Yeah, it's it very very much so. Eighty-seven thousand dollars average cost for a collision, and we can give them ROIs that are uh, significant in the order of seventy-five to a hundred thousand. Uh, you know, over three years, if if they add the technology to the vehicles, that is going to help mitigate a lot of that. Right? There's a lot of different technologies that can help that can help solve that. Um, so. That that's that's how we th we think about it. It's probably not going to come as much from the federal regulations. It's going to come from the business mandates, the the corporate mandates from companies saying, you know, we we can't keep going like this. We have to make our vehicles safer for the driver, 
for others, you know, for the cargo and the and 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 the corporation because you just can't afford to have these kind of costs when you know they're that they're that significant. Well, so with with I mean with that statistic, and again, one example you said you probably have plenty other ones, but we're talking a fleet of three thousand here. Decent, but again, if you take the complete fleets of all in the U.S., we're in the hundreds of thousands, I'm sure. So, so why then, Jeff, isn't the OEM saying this is a huge market, not because of regulation, but because of customer demand, and I can differentiate yourself, or are they just ignoring this? Are they not seeing it? Or are they just saying, hey, I can't compete with Jeff and his company, yeah. so I might as well not even try. Am I missing something, or what is the deal here? I mean, you know, um, there's probably a couple ways to look at that. One, one that uh, that that fascinates me. You know, I was at a fleet safety conference with a a major OEM that um, provides vehicles to the to the fleet industry, and they were telling the audience that, hey, you know what, guys. We need to cut down our plant complexity. We need to offer fewer variations. Um, and you think about all the technology that can make its way into into vehicles. Now, also at the same time, I got to you know tip my hat to uh, Ford and Ford Pro, where they're actually doing some interesting things with with fleet. They're thinking about the fleet market more holistically. They're offering solutions for productivity safety, telematics. Um, so maybe it'll continue to move in that direction. But again, you have a lot of vehicles that, um, that we, we serve a lot of the vehicles that are based on chassis and they're built, custom built. And for some of those customers, I mean, they're, they're actually realizing what an incredible opportunity is for them to offer their customers safety solutions with basically boxes that they've been bolting to frames for a hundred years and that hasn't changed much, right? But now they're starting to see, yeah, we have to do more. We can offer more. We can do more. Um, because they're the special vehicle manufacturers, the upfitters that are really in charge of the content. So I think, I think, and couple that with all the vehicles on the road that fleet vehicles last 12 to 15 years, you're going to have to have an aftermarket equation to, to make a dent in, in that collision rate. That when, when, when we talk now, we've talked mainly about safety, right? And I think that's uh, certainly a very important point. And as you mentioned, many companies have really, that's part of their DNA. They want to maybe not only be sustainable, but also want to be a safe environment, both for their workers, but also for the for the customers, obviously. Yeah. What What do you see the next greenfield that companies like you in this space are going to go into? I mean, as as we more electrify everything, is it is it charging infrastructure? Is it a, a certain safety thing? Is it how uh, maybe drivers need to be retrained on how much more powerful maybe an EV can be driving than a than a gasoline mm. or diesel? Do you have any insight on that? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's there's companies and and industries that are going to focus on like the the EV, uh, you know, the different driving dynamics and things like that. We're 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 seeing tremendous 
amount of opportunities that go beyond safety to productivity using cameras. And um, we just actually designed a camera system at a request of a towing products company uh, that they wanted a movable battery powered high definition camera that their customers could put anywhere on the back of the towing vehicle or the trailer and have it come to their company uh, application uh, smartphone app. And we just launched it actually this week at, at SEMA. They won an award. Very proud of that for best new product. Um, you know, just by thinking about the environment and the needs of a, of a uh, in this case, towing customer that tows. And we're seeing tremendous amount of, of need around specific use cases for vehicles like towing. We have one very large fleet utility or utility company that when their vehicles are backing up with a trailer, they have a hard time doing that. Not all the drivers know how to do do it the same as, 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 a, as everyone. Um, they would require a second person, a spotter, to get out and help back the, the truck up. You can imagine finding a second guy if you're not necessarily... We solved that for them with cameras. So that, and, and again, we did it with wireless technology that's now really advancing quickly, uh, where the camera could work with multiple vehicles. So they could have different trailers, different uh, vehicles, and everything's interoperable. So that for us is, I, I think, in terms of like productivity aids, lining up hitches for towing looking inside the cargo box, monitoring cargo over a 24-hour cycle. Uh, we just see tremendous amount of opportunity just using cameras and sensors. Interesting. That's maybe the last couple of questions, one more in the, both on the future related. So you've talked a little bit clearly what how the industry has come, what we've done, what you have done sort of. Now it moves us not just safety, but into productivity, which is a key piece for any organization. What What are you mostly excited about over the next five years that in your industry is is coming out or that you guys may look at to uh, to capitalize on either from a market demand or from a thing that you feel like, hey, we have something the market doesn't even realize, but once they see it, they will need it. And you don't need to share those top secrets. But what are you mostly mostly excited about over the next five years as again as we reimagine mobility here specifically with with your industry in mind yeah you know i mean there's uh, several things i mean i could answer that just based on the incredible amount of technology that's making itself available that's just more than the car companies can digest right so it's just spilling over and there's a lot of opportunities to to integrate there's startups that ask for our help to integrate you know to to vehicles and i think if you if you believe that the technology will continue to offer new solutions for vehicles and vehicle owners uh, uh, the, the future is extremely bright i, I mean i'm also ho hopeful about uh, vdx i mean we've been on kind of a rocky national journey with that uh we've been involved in that heavily for the last 10 years. We've installed more VDX onboard units than any company in North America uh, in the deployment 
uh, the USDOT deployments and, and in that setting. Uh, there's some recent news that, you know, maybe that's, they're ready to, to try to move that national, national mandate forward again. Um, I mean, I look at, I keep an eye on that. Um, but I just think, um, you know, the fun of this business and the fun of this industry is looking at all the things that people need out of their vehicles, they use vehicles for, looking at emerging OEM technology and thinking of ways to bring that to the vehicles that are that are already on the road. That's, to me, it's going to go well past me and uh, my my time here and uh, it just tremendous uh, opportunity to help society, I think, too, and help help uh, help a lot of people. Yeah, that's good. All right, Jeff, last question, not related to your industry, but what's the next vehicle you're going to buy and why? Oh, um, I, I am. A, that's a great question. Um, I am a car guy. So I did just buy a uh, Cadillac Blackwing, which is for me and my friends at Cadillac uh, General Motors who were, you know, IC engine guys. So I, I, I look at that and kind of see him do, see him doing the mic drop on that car because it's a fan. I've never driven of more engaging, completely excellent vehicle. Um, but next, yeah, I am, uh, I had a milestone this week. My 15 year old, uh, she drove herself to school for the first time in my, in my GTI and she wants it now. So I got to get another vehicle, my daily driver, probably looking at a, uh, an electric vehicle. Um, I'm, I'm pretty fascinated with, uh, the, the technology and I, um, looking at a lot of options, but probably, uh, something that, uh, you talked about earlier that might, uh, might have some speed associated to it. Very good. Thank you so much, Jeff, for your feedback. Very interesting, giving us a glimpse into how we reimagine mobility, also in the aftermarket, and, and how you specifically deal with fleets and, and their needs. Excellent. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for listening to Reimagine Mobility Podcast. If you liked this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend.